Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of your second favorite podcast. I am down two men today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and Justin. We are down bad today, bro. But, this is crazy. But uh, to replace our, our two hosts, we got Katadin in the house. Ooh. Max and Lucas, what's popping, guys? What's up, y'all? Dude. How's it going, man? Good. How are you guys? So far, so good, man. How is uh, how is the East Coast right now? Yeah, cold. Yeah, cold. <laughs> nice. That's cold. fair. That's fair. For sure. Getting better. Yeah, but it's like 70 degrees is like really good for us. Oh, for sure. Nice. Yeah, dude, for, yeah. 70 for us is like cold. <laughs> it's, yeah. always, it's always like 140 here in LA. <laughs> yeah, for real. Let me get a hoodie. Yeah, it's constantly um, 140 degrees. I think you might be like the furthest band away from us that we've interviewed uh, right actually actually yeah this is officially you guys are the furthest out that we've interviewed so far yeah all right yeah. for sure uh, hell yeah we're yeah man honored stuff, man uh, Dude, we're honored thank you so much if you guys don't know who Catadin is uh y'all are slipping uh they just dropped a three song ep uh like a, maybe less than two weeks ago it's one of the hardest releases of the year so far that i've heard because we, we first found out about them when we did a reaction to their song Separation and then to The Darkest Place. And y'all need to check those songs out if you have not already. These guys are hard as shit. Yeah, by the way, congrats on the new release, man. Yeah, that congratulations. crazy. It's mind-blowing. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, all right, so I guess first things first, um, how did you guys become a band? Like, how did you guys come together as one just cohesive unit? Um, It's kind of a... Honestly, like a roller coaster of a story. Um, nice. We won't go through the, you know, 15, 20 lineups we, that can, we went through. Oh, but. for sure. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so you can make yeah. it long if you want. We got time. So. Yeah, we got plenty of time. <laughs> no, we, um, actually, Luke and I met first. Um, Luke and I are the only members that have, that have been here, like, since day one. Oh, wow. And um, we met at a concert like two or three years ago, I think. Um, Wasn't it? I don't even remember anymore. I think it might yeah. have been four. It's like 2018, 2017, yeah. 2018. But what show we met it? at a show. It was Hawthorne Heights. Nice. And Hotel Books. I went for, actually, Brandon, our guitarist. He's in another, or he was in another band that was opening that. So oh, nice. I went for them. Nice. And I was working merch for them. Yeah. Um, and I had been like kind of putting out feelers, like I was trying to start a band, and Luke had just kind of moved up into Maine, um, and I was trying to start a band. He was trying to start a band, and some mutual friends linked us up. We ended up talking for like, like two or three straight hours just about music oh, wow. and Sick. like, yeah. And then we we literally had our first practice the next night. I think yeah, Luke was... came over with like little like line six combo and like yeah, that's how it was done. Was, at the time we were both playing guitar and um we had like another kid from my school playing drums we had a vocalist and like had no bass player there for a while but yeah yeah like 20 lineup changes later yeah later here we are yeah six drummers later uh, literally <laughs> i feel like those are the coolest friendships that you make like are at shows when you oh, just talk sure. about music for like however however long you know you guys jump in the pit together it's just red yeah um when when you guys first started you know, like like how long did it take from I guess your 
initial kind of like, okay, cool, we want to make this a serious thing. How long did it take you before you actually put like a uh, a song together where you're like, okay, this is what's up? Because like you know, there's that there's always that that period where like you write a song, you're like, this kind of sucks. Let's change it around a little bit, and then you have like you kind of like you know switch pieces and move riffs around or whatever. So like, how long did it take you before you wrote your actual song that was like, oh, this is the shit. Okay, let's 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 do something with this. So we were previously another band uh, called Hollowell. And we had an EP with that. <clears throat> we wrote one of the songs, like, within a week, I think we put that skeleton together, and we ended up changing it quite a bit by the time we recorded it. But, um, yeah, we the, the whole thing with Hallowell was we played, like, every show. Like, we were playing shows between here and, like, Connecticut, um, and then out in Vermont. We didn't get too far out from there, but... We were playing shows like crazy, um, and then we actually wrote "Separation" and and uh, "Darkest Place" as that band. Oh, and really? Then we, crazy. yeah. So okay. we we rebranded and <clears throat> made those songs way better than they were, and yeah. released them as. Yeah, but we were we were a band for probably like probably a year or a year and a half before we even wrote separation. And then separation was like the first one where we were like, Oh, this actually might like do something for us. Yeah, um, definitely. And it showed off. Yeah. Um, do you, do you guys think that releasing mute, do you think that do you think that releasing music, uh, this year as weird a year as it's been, um, do you think that has in a way, helped or hindered you because i know that because you guys haven't been able to play any shows as of late that you kind of have to focus more on like social media marketing you know internet marketing like try pushing your songs to like you know youtube channels or or however however like do you do you, do you find that it was easier to market prior to the pandemic or in the pandemic um i think it goes like kind of both ways a little bit um because obviously like we bring so much or we try to bring so much energy as a live band and so much of our band sound is built in a live setting. Um, but at the same time, we've gotten to learn so much about the, like you said, like the internet and the social media and marketing side of it throughout this. Um, so it's kind of yeah, you guys, a learning you guys, process. I guess, I guess but you guys are kind of forced you in a way because there's really nothing else you guys could do at this point. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. we, we were kind of, yeah, we were kind of forced into it, but it's definitely a good thing to learn because even after all this blows over, like that's still like such an important tool. And yeah, those skills especially will definitely since carry we, over. We do, yeah, especially since we do everything ourselves, um, where like everything about this band is, is DIY. So Except we don't record. Yeah, we don't record recording. ourselves. We record our demos, but um, we can't take credit for how good we sound. Yeah. <laughs> for like, yeah. Did, did, but, have you guys um, had the same producer uh, up until this EP? Yeah. Um, he, yeah. He did, the first thing we did with him was separation. Um, he, uh, he's done that. We did it a little bit differently for Darkest Place. And then it, it wasn't as smooth. We did it a bit of a different process. It was still, produced by him mm -hmm. and the same guy that masters it um but like this ep was really like because it was like well, basically our third time doing it with him and it was just 
I don't think we ever want to go to anybody else. Like he's, yeah. he lives 10 minutes down the road from us. Super chill. He's a friend and he's killing it. Like, I, I love those sounds. Production is just crushing on those songs. Like, it sounds so thick. It's so, like, it's so heavy. It sounds really good. Um, yeah. yeah. We were, we kind of took a shot a little bit with with him. His name is Duncan Cook, by the way. Shout out, Duncan. Um, but we were kind of taking a shot a little bit just because he, he was the vocalist of the band we were talking about earlier that Brandon was in, which was, like, kind of a post-hardcore band. But after he departed from them. He started doing some like more vibey hip hop stuff. So when we went to him with separation, we like weren't a hundred percent sure of the product we were going to get just because he really ever done anything like that. And we had never done anything like real professional like that. So, you know, we had a new sound, he was mixing a new sound and he like absolutely killed that. And ever since then he's just gotten better. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, there, there is like a very, uh, stark, um, sound difference, um, in terms of like, um, what you guys put out, um, com- like comparing to the darkest place to, um, to the new EP, um, was that a conscious effort or did you guys just like kind of let flow whatever came out? Um, like, like I was saying when we were the other band before we kind of brought darkest place over from that and with how that whole song went down and everything that went into it. Like it, it's not our favorite song. Um, we still like it. We still think it's a good song, but like, um, we really wanted to, after how that release went and just how, um, much better we thought we could do. Uh, we wanted to just come out with something that really just kind of punched you in the face and made you want to, punch your grandma or something <laughs> yeah we knew we knew we could do that after separation we knew that we could make something like that and that's what we always have wanted to make was music like separation um into the darkest place since we carried it over from technically like a former project it just kind of felt like a step backwards a little bit like luke said you know it's that's still like a song that we love and we love to play but um comparatively to the other four um it felt like kind of a step backwards. Right. So with this EP, we kind of went into it a little bit more like visceral and intense, like separation, like separation was when it came out. Right. Right. And then, you know, when, when you guys are sitting down to write a song, um, does, is it just a product of like you guys being in the same room and jamming or does like one person come with a riff and that person's like, Oh, I have something that'll fit with that. And like, you kind of just like, you know, like, is it a process or is it spontaneous or is it kind of like a mixture of both? Cause I know that a lot of different bands have different ways of writing. Like some people, some bands have to be in the same room to write together. Other bands have to be apart to write from each other. You know, like, like, you know, cause I've seen, I've talked to people and seen of, uh, both sides of that. Like we've, we've done interviews before where people are like, I have to be in a room with other musicians or else I can't write a, uh, anything for the song. And then, you know, some people are like, I'll write everything on guitar pro and then we just email it back and forth and just see whatever comes out from that. So how, what, what is your guys process from, I guess, from the initial inception of like, okay, let's write a song to cool. Let's get this in the studio. Um, I'm a huge voice memos guy on my phone so like anytime i have a riff like whether i'm i'm actually playing it on a guitar even if i like wake up at 3 a.m and i'm just like i literally just hum it into my phone um that's just how i track all of my ideas and then usually when we're like trying to write something i'll kind of go through and piece stuff together that sounds like it would flow 
but we kind of all, all, all do our own thing and then bring it together when we practice um <clears throat> just because we all have such like different writing styles and we all have such different like inspirations i guess yeah that it, it feels like less judgy when we do it apart because if we all do it together then it just seems like a lot of like oh that doesn't fit or oh that doesn't fit but right. if we just kind of do our own thing we bring it together and we're like all right let's like each listen to each other's thing and like give it a shot then it seems to flow a little better Right, right, and I'm actually I'm I'm glad that you that you mentioned that you guys have a lot of different inspiration for for Canada specifically. What what influences do you guys have? You're like you know, okay, let's do a, let's do something like this because you know, especially when you have you know five, uh, four or five different members in a band, everybody comes from a different background. What what are the influences that you guys have that you bring that you're like, okay, this is gonna be sick because I want to do something like you know, insert name here. And then I know you guys are from the East Coast. So I'm assuming that you know East Coast hardcore has a pretty big, pretty big uh, uh, part in that. We uh, we've tried to get away from being like we want to sound like this or do something like that yeah, from this band, um, just because we want to be us. Um, obviously, a lot of the comparisons we get um, are pretty big influences. Like we're fans of them. We're not trying to emulate them, obviously, but right. we take this from them. And then we all listen to different stuff. Like he's into a lot of just straight up hardcore stuff. I'm into like the more uh, modern, like what's just come out, bigger stuff. Um, Nick's into fucking. Nick, yeah, our, our, drummer, our drummer, Nick, is like super into the crunchy, like two, early 2000s death metal. Um, but I, I think like all of our tastes can be, is like shown off in each of our instruments, our instrumentation on the EP and stuff. Like I'm into, like Luke said, I'm kind of into the straight hardcore, which is why like my, I've kind of grasped onto the vocal style of just like pushing like aggressive raw. Right. Um, like Nick is into the super crazy technical death metal stuff, which is why he goes so crazy on some drum parts and stuff like that. Like, I think all of our styles kind of rub off um, while still like flowing together and not sounding too like out of pocket or anything like that. Right. Right. So that actually leads me to another question as well. Um, what were some of the albums or, or bands that made you guys want to start getting like start playing music? Cause like, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, you growing up in, in, you know, your hometown and you're like, you seen listen to all these bands. You're like, oh, I'm a fan of music. And then it's another thing entirely to be like, oh, I want to play music. And like what actually get into like, you know, I want to pick up a guitar, pick up some drumsticks, pick up a bass, start doing vocals. Like what are some bands or albums that got you guys really motivated to actually, you know, go in and, and do that for, for seriously in a way. Iowa by Slipknot. Good answer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's the right that answer. Is I, uh, uh, I'm a lot older than him. He's 20. I'm 26. Uh, so, um, my first like band for me was, uh, probably American idiot green day. Um, and then I got more into it, like Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot. Nice. Which, like, I I never was a fan of trying to solo. I always gravitated towards rhythm stuff. Yeah. So I could yeah, play like. I was in the same way. Plus, like two two of the best live bands probably on the planet right now. They're so good live. Still haven't seen Slipknot live. Really? Oh, <laughs> same. 
Dude, I need to change that. You guys need to see that when they when everything comes back. Come, come to California the next Not Fest when they host it. We'll 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 pull through. <laughs> so sick. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um. So, um, you guys are from Maine. What's the hardcore scene like out there? Non-existent. Really? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. There's a few bands where we're kind of honestly it's down to like one or two. Um. Damn, okay. That we that we like actually would uh, we we played a bunch of shows with the main bands consistently, and there's only really one that I can think of that's still doing anything. Um, but they, uh, yeah, it, we we've had to go down to like Mass and New Hampshire. Actually, was a really big one for us. Yeah, actually, um, I was I was going to ask what what the next cultural hub for you guys was then in, in terms of hardcore. Yeah, Massachusetts is definitely. Um, I think like Massachusetts and Connecticut, because that's yeah. where you get bands like Boundaries and Great American Ghost. Um, all those bands like that are in the Massachusetts kind of area. Right. Um, so it's like kind of an advantage for us being one of two or three bands for Maine that are like really doing it and taking it seriously. Um, because, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely different because I grew up in Maryland, and my first two bands were from Philly. I actually played some um, local smaller shows with Aerials, like my band. Nice. That nice. time, played a couple shows with them, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I came up here kind of wanting to start another band. So, right, it kind of snowballed into that. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's definitely it's definitely cool to like be doing or be classified as like Portland hardcore, especially because when you think of Portland hardcore, at least in my opinion, you think of Cruel Hand, because um, Cruel Hand is is Portland, and they were really the last band from Portland that like really like went up. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, um, and so it's really cool to I don't I don't want to like overstep. And yeah. say like that we're following in their footsteps, but yeah, like yeah. it's definitely cool to be like, you know, Cruel Hands been doing their thing for years and years and years, and and to come up behind them almost is has been sweet. Yeah, I mean, we'll to have our name even in people's mouths. Is, yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah. hey, from my perspective, that this EP is a a big step in the right direction, man. Like, like you know, and I like I've been saying like when we did the first reaction to Separation, I was like, these guys are gonna blow up pretty soon. I guarantee they're gonna blow up pretty soon. Like, especially like when shows come back, you guys can actually start touring. You know, like like the amount of traction that that you guys are already picking up. You know, three releases in is insane. Thank you. That's yeah, what we've been. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel like? You know, be, being in a in a scene that's that's very small uh, in in your region, do you find that to be helpful? Does that help you stand out from you know other other bands in the in the uh, area out there? Um, I mean, I'm sure it has a factor, um, but I think what with, it's weird because with the whole situation right now, we aren't exactly able to like stand out locally as much because we're not right. playing local shows um funny we've never actually played a show as katahdin so like we haven't actually had a chance to show people what the new stuff sounds like right um so we're kind of just jumping at the bit to do that yeah. safely 
it is weird to like think about um, just because I mean y'all know especially with like West Coast hardcore but like West Coast and Northeast um, it's like such tight knit communities and like every show feels like a family reunion so to us you know we we don't see ourselves like necessarily on a higher level than anyone you know those are all our friends um we're we're just we're boys with all those bands but like to somebody outside of the state that knows us they could think that you know we're huge and we're like whatever hardcore newcomers or whatever they want to say but at the end of the day we we don't think of it like that i guess just because like we came up in this scene and we came up as friends with those bands so yeah of course we don't like ourselves yeah. any higher or lower than, than anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I guess the the question stems from the fact that because here in L.A., uh, especially hardcore in general, is just so oversaturated with everything you that you get from, like, you know, metalcore to, you know, hardcore to traditional death metal to deathcore to everything, especially because we have, you know, pre-pandemic, we had so many venues within, like, a 20-mile radius that, you know, you could go to a show every single night and have, like, five different genres on one night playing in five different venues. Yeah. Like, you know, you have Chain Reaction, you have Glass House, you have, you know, all these other places, and it's, like, it's so oversaturated here. And because on the East Coast, I guess, because it's a, it's a smaller community, um, you know, when when a, when a release from a band, I guess, crosses state lines and goes to the other side of the country or goes, you know, to the Pacific Northwest or SoCal or even down to the Florida, like it crosses those those borders and crosses those state lines. Like, you know, uh, do you think that it has a, a bigger effect on you guys or just the scene as a whole? I don't really know. That's a tough one. It's weird to hear, like you just said, there's, you said like five venues and you can go to a show a night here uh the only couple venues that were smaller around us kind of shut down yeah so we have like the big state theater and aura and i mean you have to go up to bangor or south to get yeah. like any bigger venues yeah in right. maine we don't have, we don't have any like chain reactions or anything like that mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, there's like little bars and kind of dive places, but we don't have anywhere that's like necessarily a staple, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, right. Closest for us is Palladium, like down in Mass is the yeah. the closest like known place. Yeah, but in terms of like having an effect on us, like I'm not really sure. I feel like we never, we just never think about it. Yeah, yeah. like but we part. just like we, you know. I said earlier, like when we wrote separation, like I think we knew that it was going to do well, but we didn't know that it was going to do that. Um, and then even when it did, like we were just kind of like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It was just, yeah. Well, we, when we put it out, it was actually, it was a few weeks before everything shut down. So like we were planning on taking that song and kind of like, we had a we had a final show as our last our old name planned and then we were gonna like it was a headliner and we were gonna come out as the new band. Nice. And do a double set. Yeah. Like play separation for the first time essentially. Yeah. Um that got cancelled. And so yeah, we never actually got to like do what a lot of what we planned and then the pandemic kinda messed with us because our drummer at the time was uh you know, compromised and his dad 
thing kind of thing. So we like couldn't even really get together. Yeah, no doubt. That sucks, man. Bummer. But uh, yeah, in terms of yeah, we just don't really think about it. Um, in terms of how how that would affect us, considering we haven't really been able to kind of see the effects of other places. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like that's a good thing to like just kind of let it go. Um, to let it un- to not let it affect you because that kind of doesn't it doesn't hinder with your um, way of writing music. You know, you're not really writing to um, appeal to anyone. You're just kind of writing what you want. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like that's like yeah. the, that's the best way to get like the product that you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's why this this EP sounded the way it did because we we wanted it to uh, be like what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. That goes into my next question, actually. Um, could you uh, walk us through like the writing process for um, you know no longer room for us, both like um, lyrically, instrumentally? Like, how long did it take to write the album? Like all all that stuff. <laughs> um, Max does a lot of the writing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do a lot of the writing, um, and then we all kind of add on to it, but. Um, in terms of like the concept and the lyricism, it came actually out of a dream that I had. Um, just like a super twisted, morbid dream that some shit, like some type of dream that I've never had in my life. And it was very vivid. Um, and I woke up and we had been talking about how we were going to write the CP. I think we'd even started kind of on instrumentals, but I hadn't really like dove into any lyrics or anything. And then I woke up from this dream and I literally just like called the boys and I was like, yo, this is what it's going to be about. And they were like, all right, let's get it. So it kind of, yeah, it kind of goes into like just doing what we want and not trying to necessarily impress anybody. Right. Um, But the writing process went really smooth. Um, It's always gone really smooth, even with the previous two singles. Um, We never really... We don't butt heads like like too hard. I think the hardest writing. we've butted heads is when we tried to like write all four of us sitting there trying to write. It works better yeah. when we kind of either one or two of us lay some stuff down, usually him and Nick on drums. And then I'm usually better at coming in and being kind of like not rearranging it, but like bringing ideas in and being like, what if we did this here or this here? Right. And then just kind of building off of that. Like and then and fine tuning it. Yeah. It even yeah. goes into the studio. Cause Duncan, that's one of the reason I love working with him is he's got amazing ideas and he's not involved with the genre like at all. Um, he likes some abstracts of like, he likes Lowe's and some bands that sound different, but like he doesn't, do much with the metal scene so he doesn't know what the trends are he's not biased like he just kind of like everything every impact sound there's only like a couple generic bass drops but every sound that we kind of added into the cp he made he made or we made instrument yeah Yeah. he nothing's like generic there's like two generic bass drops i think but everything else are samples that he came up with or yeah. ideas that he had coming from like hip hop and stuff that he wanted to try. That's insane. And we're like, do it. That's, yeah. that's... We've always, we've all kind of lived by this. Um, who said it? Will Putney had that quote. Will Putney said something once yeah. I saw in like an interview and he said that 
Like, I don't care if you hate my idea, but at least try it before you tell me that you hate it. Nice. And we've kind of lived by that. Um, like, I, we all have such different styles that I'll write a riff and I'll be like, yo, let me do this. And, you know, Brandon or Luke is kind of like, eh, and I'm like, let's just try it. You know what I mean? Like, let's just put it in here. And then if we put it in and we're like, oh, that sucks, we'll take it out. But right. we've kind of lived by that, like giving everything a shot. Um, but yeah, since Nick, Nick is like just as insane on MIDI drums as he is like on his actual kit. He can bust shit out on MIDI drums super fast. So he we usually just like make a random drum loop and then send it to me and be like, yo, I think this beat is really sick. And then I'll go through my voice memos that I was talking about and I'll be like, oh, this riff kind of sounds like it would fit over that. And then just like keep piecing it together, like you said, like just polishing. Right, right. So like kind of to its final form. How long, how long did it take to actually track the, the three songs one on the EP? Three days, I think. Three? Jeez. Yeah, three, we, three did a, we did a day of guitar and bass. Uh, yeah. Or we did drums, guitar and bass, vocals. Yeah, because we did. Uh, we did, like we said earlier too, we, we did all of our demos for it ourselves. So yeah. there was no pre-production or anything. We kind of just like sent them in and kind of got a feel for it. We did, I guess we'll say four days because we did a day of, like different tones. Oh yeah, I went in. I I helped. I worked with Duncan and did the tones. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, we literally like did all the guitar and bass in one, or all the drums in one day. Because Nick is literally a robot. He's one of those like perfect posture drummers that just like he knocks it out in one take. Um. He's, yeah. And does he hit as hard as, as as he sounds like when he on on uh like I was watching the video and I was like, God damn, dude. Yeah. He, he hit pretty hard. Caleb, the drummer who did separation, hit harder though. Yeah, he broke a couple of my cymbals, but he still doesn't seem yeah. to be He's uh, <laughs> oh, we're still good with him. Yeah, he that's just, our boy. Um, during the pandemic, he just kind of doing it. Doing he can't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's also he, he's like thirty, so he was kind yeah, of, he, he was on his way. He was kind of over it. <laughs> I think, but Nick is crazy, and Nick has been drumming like he's only ever done like technical genty crazy drums like that was his whole life right. um so i think like when he gets to have those parts like the end of um parade sake and shit like that i think he just likes to put like 200 percent into it because he spends so much time doing like crazy he's always practicing and, yeah it's kind of nuts yeah. yeah, he's always got a fucking His practice pad, drum pad, always going. Always, on yeah. He's he's incredible. Like, but yeah, we did it in we'll say four days. That's crazy. How how long did it take to shoot that video? Three, Three days. days. Damn. We we did a video a day. Yeah. That's insane. It was uh, it was pretty insane. Yeah, we were Probably. all really tired. Cause yeah, the idea I came I came up with the idea to do. The full EP music video. Right, we yeah, all I was actually going to ask you to walk us through that. Yeah, yeah, we were all just sitting here one night, and we knew we wanted to do a video. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I like presented it with, like, my opening statement was, "This might be really stupid, but like, hear me out." <laughs> 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 like, what if we did this thing and kind of, because my original idea was to shoot all three songs in one day. I'm so glad we didn't do that. Yeah. 
my original idea was to shoot all three in one day. Um, so then you would kind of feel the pain that we were feeling. And right. I think even though we did it in three separate days, you still feel that because that's just what I wanted. I didn't, I didn't want to have, you know, like a makeup person on set and like have us like drinking water in between takes and have it be like a chill day with like catering and shit like that. Like right. I didn't want that. I wanted it to be raw and painful and I wanted the viewer to feel as much like physical and emotional pain that we felt at, when we were writing it and making it. Um, so I came up with the idea and we, we reached out to our boy Ian Urquhart who we hadn't shot a video with yet. Um, that's Katahdin. And we were just like, yo, this is kind of a long shot, but like, this is what we're thinking. And he like uh, fell in love with it. Um, and it was super cool to see someone like almost more excited for it than we were. <laughs> like it he was, was a really fun yeah, weekend. He was, he was so stoked on the idea. It was an entire weekend. We just took it, hung out, yeah. shot it. Cause he's, he's from New Hampshire, which is the state below us. Right. And so I like, I booked him a hotel. Like he came up for the weekend and like, yeah, we just hung out like all day, every day for three straight days and shot three days in a row. But That's insane. It, was, it was like definitely painful. We're, we're going to be releasing um, a behind the scenes video in the next couple of days, kind of like a documentary style behind the scenes that we shot. Um, nice. Throughout the process. Throughout the weekend. But that in, in that video, you really kind of see the pain that yeah. we were put through. Like, mm -hmm. There's there's so much that we went through that weekend, not only emotionally and mentally, but physically. Because, you know, shooting even shooting like separation or to the darkest place in the one day was like, yeah, music videos are rough. Fuck. Yeah. Music videos that shit are hurts. Yeah. Remember the, 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 after yeah, the, like the last video that I did, we, we, we got to the place we're shooting at, at like one o'clock in the afternoon. We didn't start shooting until five. We were there till like two o'clock in the morning. It was rough. Like it was just, yeah. is insane. How many hours yeah, did you put into it? Like total. Do you know? The whole thing, recording and everything, or just no, the, just the like video? The, the shooting video, the videos, the yeah. Video. I was probably, I mean, we probably did like nine or ten hours a day. Yeah, so thirty hours. Up, Jesus, twenty-five to thirty. Yeah, because the last video was a bit shorter, but the prep was a lot. The prep was the last video was the fucking worst with those goddamn <laughs> strobe lights. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Oh, Guys God. are savages. And it was the last day. Yeah, it was the so last we were, day. So we're literally like. There might be a clip in the behind the scenes. I don't know if yeah, cut it in, but you know we're all in a. We shot that the last day in my basement um, with those strobe lights, and we set up. We had set up the chrome wallpaper, and um, Ian, the videographer, wanted to leave the strobe lights running. Just like as soon as we turned them on, they were running until we were done shooting because he didn't want to like mess up the angles. That's They're insane. Little... So we're all down there, the four of us. You know, we got, we each had ice packs on our knees, ice packs on our neck. Oh my and then, God. like, we're all wearing sunglasses because the strobes are going. Um, like, yeah. we just played, like, a, in a, a sports event. Or yeah, literally, like, we just left it. <laughs> That's crazy. How did it feel to, like, go back, yeah. like, out, like, out of the out of the basement? Also, like, I just I just realized that I've been saying your name wrong for, like, six months, so I apologize. <laughs> 
all good. Everybody says it wrong. Yeah, we actually thought we were going to come on here and kind of clear it up, but it's Katahdin. Okay, yeah, so it is Katahdin. Yeah. Okay, okay, so Katahdin. from now on, it is Katahdin. Okay. It is canonically known, and I apologize for the past six months of my dumbass <laughs> saying the wrong thing. Yeah, it's, not it's not just you, bro. I don't know if you saw, you saw um, Keem's reaction the first time. Yeah. Or, uh, or I don't think I ended up seeing Keem's reaction, but I know he did. Yeah. I hear people say, like, Katie yeah. did and, like... Yeah, I heard Katie did, yeah. yeah. Worked. It was actually really fun. Yeah. He, what did he say? I don't even remember, uh, bro. He couldn't even say it. He <laughs> literally put uh, the theory pronunciation behind it. What he was trying to figure it out. Yeah. Wait, I, I, we should. Um, that's a good. Yeah, no, yeah. everybody <laughs> For sure. For sure. That's crazy. So so it's so it's Katahdin. Okay. So now that that's cleared up, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But uh, so so what? Exactly. what yeah. So back to Justin's well, question. Well, Oh yeah, um, wh- yeah. What was it like, like coming out of the basement and like being able to see again? Like, how was that? How was we that? had really pizza. It was the worst. No, it was the worst. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> right outside, right outside my basement is, um, like the stairs upstairs, and there's this one single window that always has like direct sunlight straight into it. Oh no! And so it's essentially like walking out of a room full of strobes and then staring into like the most intense led light <laughs> aka the sun <laughs> but, you guys are yeah, savages was, man that's crazy it was tough Dude. i think it was worth it though yeah it's definitely worth it yeah are, are so are are you guys cool with kind of talking about the concepts behind each video or is or or do you want to leave that a mystery for now um I mean, we can go into it a little bit in terms of like all the B footage, like all the stuff that wasn't us performing. That was a lot of Ian, like kind of compiling stuff together. Right. Um, we kind of didn't want it to be too focused on anything, um, like any one uh, interpretation, because we were thinking about doing like a very literal um, kind of form of what his dream was when we were originally thinking about it and then um we kind of went with well let's make it more vague uh so it can kind of be related to better yeah we won't we won't get like too deep into my dream but like if we had done a literal interpretation of the dream that i based the ep on like it would probably would have been the quickest demonetized video and it would have been near near curse us probably yeah for sure that's insane and expensive. And by the way, is 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 it just me or is that like one of the one of the most insane videos ever released by any so, band it's ever? So ridiculous, bro. <laughs> Dude, it's we, so great. They're nuts. We yeah. we did a reaction show. We were scared to put it up because like, is, will this even like show up? Like, because we we had because when we put it on TikTok, we had to censor it because we posted it and they pulled us down like immediately. Like, hey, yeah, like, you can't post that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with all the hanging and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, no, you're no, you can't do that. We actually, one thing I wanted to do with the video was kind of, um, in the way they portrayed that kind of uh, gore, we kind of went through the EP just kind of wanting to do, um, actually, uh, the guy that mastered the stuff actually put it best, I think, kind of anxiety-inducing, like, uncomfortable, just with how, like, you're just constantly getting hit with everything. So that's kind of what we were going for. I don't know if it works, but I definitely think it did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. And like like the the cool thing the cool thing too that I like about when when people make a conscious effort like like you guys said like you want to create an atmosphere like like you guys are not just concerned with like oh we want this shit to pop off and get us famous whatever whatever it's like we want to create an environment and an atmosphere for the listener to have an experience while listening to the music like you know i i feel like nowadays a lot of bands are just kind of focused on okay well what's going to make us pop you know what i mean like like what's what's going to what's going to you know have us get on this tour play with this band etc cetera, etc cetera. but you guys are actually more concerned with let's Let's make this memorable enough so that the experience will always stay with them, so they can always go back. Like, oh yeah, I remember this song by, you know, Katad, and I remember this when I saw this video. I remember one night when you know, you you want to make a lasting impression on somebody, not just like you know, long term as opposed to just short term. Okay, I want to go tour. I want to go get famous. I want to get signed. It's like you guys are trying to make a long term, uh, lasting impression on on your listener, which I which I really admired. That's 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 super sick. I also think it's cool that you guys go to a producer that doesn't normally do heavy stuff, which is crazy because like when people think when like bands in our like realm of music think of producers, they're like oh Will Putney or like you know you know whoever is up there doing like the big the, the big metal bands or hardcore bands but it's such a cool idea to go to someone who doesn't usually do that kind of stuff that way they're just they hear the music and they have that visceral reaction to it whatever it may be and then yeah. they work off of that which is really cool i've never like I, i've never heard anybody do that before which yeah is really- I, I believe max said it earlier best that he's he's non-biased so it's, it's, it's a fresh set of ears into a genre that he's not really familiar with do you, do you guys think that working with a metal like a traditional like metal or hardcore producer would have i guess you wouldn't have gotten the same result uh, i think so. yeah i it's nothing against like those will putney's shit yeah um yeah. it comes down to i really like one working with somebody who I feel like it genuinely cares about how we sound and, and cares about our product. Um, same with, same with Ian, the guy that does our, uh, did our video and right. he does our photos. Like these are really good relationships and I value that. And the, the, the product we get out of that over going to the name in the business and paying all that money and even getting in there is, is right. tough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It just goes back to like the doing what we want and not thinking about um, if it's going to necessarily impress people. Um, because uh, you know, if you're working with a producer that's like came up in the genre, then like you know, me or Luke or whoever might be like, oh, what if we did this? And then they're like, oh no, you know, we don't do that in this genre. Or, like that's not really a thing. Right. But with Duncan, like even with um, like you said, like his hip hop influence and stuff like that, like coming into no longer room for us. We had ideas that were kind of more, you would hear in more of like a hip hop track than a hardcore song. And Duncan was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it. You know what I mean? Um, and he completely came up with like, instead of doing some typical like lo-fi drums going into the last song, he completely came up like he took this idea from hip hop. I don't even remember what he called it, but it 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 has that like weird effect on it on the drums and the bass. Yeah. He completely made that. I don't know what so, he did, yeah. but it's like a hip hop technique. He said, and "Yeah, we're like, yeah, literally, yeah, literally." The EP and the video is like fifty percent us and fifty percent Duncan and Ian 
kind of just like stuff that they've always wanted to do as producers or as videographers. Like um, some of the the stuff within the rooms that we shot for the video was just stuff that Ian has always wanted to do as a music video guy. And some of the stuff we did on the EP is just stuff that Duncan had always wanted to try, like mixing music. And we, you know, he's having us in his place, so we might as well like let him put his own spin on it because it's going to sound sick. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Like it's and it's cool that you guys are willing to kind of you know branch outside of of the usual like you know like like you, like you said with the Will Putney quote earlier. Like you guys are okay with with you know allowing people to um to kind of experiment with with stuff that they wanted to do in your like in in your sound. You know, and and I think I think that's really important when it comes to uh, um you know especially like bands nowadays where a lot of things because metal and hardcore is so oversaturated right now kind of just the same thing like you get the same five bands with the same five songs it's like everything kind of blends together it's good that you guys are willing to stand out by doing things different because like you know i've even seen this with my friends bands where they they want to do like the tried and true method to get famous to just get big oh this will this will get us views on name your platform but you guys are willing to go outside of that and just see well you know let's just try it and see if it works you know and because because you guys are so young you have the rest of your musical career to figure out what does work you know so it's it's cool that you guys are willing to to take those steps forward and to really uh 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 open up your your um comfort zone in a way to the way that you're writing yeah, we. I've kind of been preaching that, that I really don't want to. I don't care what other people are doing. I want to do what what we were doing and leave it at that. So, yeah. Um. So, mm-hmm. are do you guys have plans on releasing? I don't know. I don't know if this is top secret information. We we can cut this out if you want. Do you guys have any plans on releasing merch soon? No comment. <laughs> All right, for sure. For sure. Um, there will be some eventually. Yeah. Okay, for yeah, sure. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're trying to cop, like, for um, <laughs> yeah. real. Put, put all the homies on to get, get Katana <laughs> merch. Say that we want to do it right, and yeah. we don't want um, we, we don't want it to be this super... Uh, bands release merch all the time and yeah. are trying to get people to buy their merch. Mm-hmm. Um we kind of wanted to really focus on the music and getting that out there and being like, here, if you like it, we'll listen to this first, hear this first, and then, then support us. It goes, it goes back to the long term thing too. Just like, we want to make sure that we're putting out a product. It's something that, you know, whether it's the image on it or the message on it or whatever, um, we want to make sure it's something that people see and they're like, holy shit, like that's Katana. You know, we don't want to just put out a shirt that's like some cool rip that everyone's doing right now. Or right, right, like- exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, another another thing too is like you guys I've noticed have this, you know, you're very much trying to do things the right way instead of doing them, you know, I, I guess the the traditional way in a sense where where you know, you use that phrase a couple times, like, well, you want to do it the right way, the right way. And it's cool that you guys are taking your time because, I mean, obviously now this year you've had nothing but time without having to play shows and whatnot. But um, do you think that if this year had been a normal year that 
it would have been, I guess, more rushed to start playing shows. Like, do you, do, do you think that anything else would have been lacking, or do you think that this year was kind of the perfect year to, to launch because of the fact that you guys have to focus on, you know, all the little minute details because there's, there's really nothing else to do. Like, you can't play shows, you can't tour, stuff like that. What do you guys think? It definitely goes into it. Um, I wanted to kind of take more of this approach before the pandemic, and right. then only kind of happened and then we were kind of forced into it like everybody else but i think at least myself i had personally like already made the switch that i wanted to like make this the focus because when we were playing all those shows before it uh we had some really a few like a handful of pretty cool shows that were like packed but like we played a lot of empty rooms yeah. and or like just a couple people there like everybody knows those shows but like i wanted to make sure in the future people some people would be coming to the show just to see us like yeah. we never had that usually because we weren't great at marketing on social media we didn't know what we were doing we still really don't we're kind of just learning as we go but um yeah like I think it did help us kind yeah. of in a roundabout kind of a way because we've had to focus on it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's put a lot of bands like in a weird spot because like with the genre, it's such a live based thing. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. There's also so many bands like in the New England area and on the East Coast that have asserted themselves in the live scene, um, in the local scene. So like, it felt like when when we were playing shows, like no matter how good we were compared to other bands on the bill, like sometimes we could get overlooked just because another band on the bill like had more friends coming to the show or whatever the situation course, was. Yeah, that, that happens with in, so, in every every scene where just you know the people that yeah. that draw the most. It's like okay, I'm just gonna go from my homies band and leave. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think that this definitely has helped us out because as the songs like do more and gain more popularity it's kind of making a name for ourselves so like luke said like when we do start playing shows again people will actually be coming to see us rather than like just we're just getting or more than just other bands yeah people want to see us you know who we are a little bit exactly yeah yeah exactly well that's actually it's 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 cool that that you guys have have uh uh, looked at it that way too so I, i i admire that about about you guys um, fast forward to hopefully not too far in the future to when everything opens back up and, um, things kind of go back to normal. Um, uh, what are your guys' plans? Are you guys going to come out swinging with like live shows? Are you guys kind of, kind of take a chill and, you know, try to release more stuff? What do you guys have in the, in the, in the future? Right now we're working on like just the second half of the year plan right now. Um, well, it's kind of already in the works, but, um, we definitely aren't going to be coming out and playing every show we're offered. We're going to be looking at doing just different things. Um, yeah. Maybe holding out for the right thing. We don't know. Um, yeah. That was just the problem with, with our first, um, like the first band, I guess, is that um, like Luke said in the beginning, we, we were just taking every offer, you know, whether it was playing the Palladium or playing 
in the fucking middle of the woods. Yeah. Like literally in the middle of the woods. In the middle of the woods. That yeah. was an actual thing that happened. Right. But, we, need, we need context. Yeah, we're going to yeah. need to hear we're, about we're that. Gonna about, we're going to hear a story about that one. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's just like, I don't know. We want we want people to want to see us and not have it be <laughs> too much. Uh, and we want to like, if we're going to go on a tour, we want to like, be support for somebody, somebody that we fuck with, yeah, and yeah. or somebody that's gonna like vibe with us and have it be like a successful tour. We don't want to be on a tour like try and headline a tour and nobody cares. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of the shows we were taking were like with bands that don't get me wrong, like we love playing mixed genre shows, but there were some shows we took where it was just like so mixed genre that it was just downright like questionable yeah. why we were there and we don't want to take those well. anymore yeah. yeah we played a couple of punk shows that did not go well we yeah we played this, we played this one show in rhode island and the first we were we played second or third and the first person that played was just this one girl with an acoustic guitar and she was playing okay. cover. and then we second band was amazing the, like, band, yeah second band was like state chancy and then we played and everyone left <laughs> there was one there was one more band after us that was like kind of in between pub. Yeah. I don't remember which band that was. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, it was. Uh, that's hilarious. Dude, sometimes those mixed genre shows like pop off so much, and then other yeah. times it, it's oh, just it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. We played one in Vermont that was super fun. It was a mix between hip hop and metal, and it was cool as shit. We played that one in, in Lowell, too, that Jail Bay opened, and they were like, yeah, band. it was in a basement. Packed. It was a basement show, yes. and it was like yeah, you couldn't even fit one more person in there. And couldn't really like, jump in. An indie band opened, <laughs> and that was cool. Yeah, it's funny too because out here in LA, some of some of the mixed genre shows are are, are rough. Because like I've, I've obviously, obviously yeah. because like you know here here in LA, there's there's a much bigger like West Coast hip hop kind of thing going on, and yeah. like there's sometimes it's it's hilarious when you have one dude with a laptop who made his own beats and they're just not good, and then you get like. Yeah a punk rock band from like Baldwin Park like 20 minutes that way and they're also not good <laughs> and then like just this heavy as shit hardcore band from like you know up up in the bay or like down from San Diego and they just tear them apart and everyone's so confused what they're, they're just staring at you they're yeah they're so anything. confused they're like, <laughs> yeah. this is crazy yeah y'all have some sick ones though too that one that was like a year ago um, at Chain, where it was that the movements release show but then Dare and Drain were opening yeah that's rad yeah that was sick that's that's tight, dude. I remember. I remember we we saw Dare at. Uh, so there's this record shop out here in LA. Well, it's actually in Orange County. Um, it's called Program. It's literally just a skate shop, and they put on hardcore shows in Program. Yeah. So we saw we saw God. Dare open. Actually, I saw Dare open up there for Fury and Higher Power like three years ago, and it was like one of the sickest shows ever. Like it's funny That's too sick. because because they had to like move the like move like all the skateboard decks because people were just like slamming into the walls. They had to like just move the skateboard them. decks and like the vinyl stuff like that because it was just chaos in there. Dude, I'm scared every time Every time I go to a show in there. I yeah, feel like yeah. I'm going to break like $70 worth of vinyl in there. Yeah, like, and I know that TOI played there, like Turnstile played there, yeah. uh, Theory played there, like Derek's played there like eight times because they're from there. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, let's... Oh, around when I was in Philly was at I don't know if you've seen the video of the dude naked moshing at a burial show. Yes. Yeah, that was in that was so in the, the Savage video, I think. Show. That was the EP release show that 
Didn't that clip make it on ridiculous? Yeah. yeah. My, uh, that was literally right around the corner from a show my band was playing. <laughs> literally, my guitarist left that show to go to that show. That's hilarious. He was in the show. That, that's <laughs> hilarious. Like I'm pretty sure because uh, we have we have a, a friend of ours that knows one of the guys in Varials, and I guess that he was like a friend of the band's, and they told him not to do it, but he just did it anyway. And went viral. Like because yeah, literally because they were like, please don't do that, and he ended up just doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That got that venue shut down because there was like no. blood all over the wall. Really? It was, a, it was like a, a it was like a, um, a vet center. Yeah. Oh and, wow! Yeah, they. Like you don't see a lot of it in the video, but they were like there were holes in the walls, like blood oh, on the walls. For a second, not, I, for a second, I thought you meant that the naked guy got the venue shut down. I mean, probably I that mean, probably didn't add to it. Definitely didn't help. I imagine, yeah. <laughs> we've been, I mean, even us, we've been banned from a couple of venues. Really, there's a couple of venues that won't have us anymore. We <laughs> were like the heaviest band there a couple of times, and I don't. But, well, we, Chris let us play the the tip again. I doubt it. No, no, no. Yeah, because they ripped the gas. We we played that show in, in Massachusetts with the indie band it was in the basement, and this kid ripped the gas line out of the ceiling. No, <laughs> no. There was no room to jump. It was like this high. Was, yeah. Oh, no. That's yeah. the one thing you don't want to rip out of a ceiling is a gas line. Yeah, seriously. So, okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I'm going to need a story about you guys playing in the middle of the woods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we we don't play a lot of main shows. Not a lot mm-hmm. for a good reason. Um, there's like a, a smaller like bar that has actually a pretty good sound setup, but we played a few there. Um, that's really it, other than 202, which is in Bangor. No, no, in Westbrook. Oh, I'm thinking. We, we have gone to Bangor, yeah, which is three hours north. Jesus. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got asked to play a music festival <laughs> over the summer music festival um <laughs> like the biggest air quotes that you can possibly I mean, do when you say we got there festival. and we were very confused um so That's always we're, we were thing. driving off the highway for like an hour and then we get off of the highway and it was like a few miles off and um there's a sign but the sign is plywood with spray paint on it saying the name of the festival this way and it is like half a mile down this dirt grass path (laughs) into the woods yeah uh into this clearing where they had already put together like a giant pile for a bonfire which definitely could have gotten out of hand oh no it was it was huge yeah a huge bonfire (laughs) and it was like in the middle of a bunch of trees um our merch table our merch, our merch table was next to this girl who was selling like voodoo dolls and witchcraft okay. potions. <laughs> That's kind of good. I got handed three natty lights when I got there. Okay. Um, yeah, she just was like, "Do you have beer?" And I'm like, "No." She's like, "Do you want some?" Yeah. <laughs> they handed. It was, um, yeah, it was like it was weird, and it was all like, I don't want to use the term "hick," but it's like redneck, like, redneck yeah. from Maine. Okay, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they loved us. Yeah, they, nice. it was they loved weird. It. But they were all like, they had like, they were like campers and like, it looked like a NASCAR event. That's like, amazing. Like there were tents out and there was people grilling. We thought they were going to hate us. We thought, Dude, honestly, they were going to introduce me to a side of the East Coast I didn't even know existed. 
Yeah, out here in Redneck. Out here, we call that the sticks. And yeah. There's not really, there's no sticks in LA, but we call it the sticks. And that's <laughs> like when you're out there. That's wild. I think uh, the sticks yeah. out here. Are we we, like we have field. we have the desert. We we have this we have this this shithole called the Inland Empire, where um it's <laughs> hey, basically <dude>. just <laughs> can't call them out like that. We have friends in the I they you, know it sucks. <laughs> ha, it's a funny <laughs> because all of our friends are uh, Damn, all okay. our friends that are in bands are all from the Inland Empire and they know it's a shithole. <laughs> like all right, d- don't they all talk shit about the Inland Empire? I don't know, bro. <laughs> Not the to, answer is yes. I feel like it's we basically can't. just like it's just like okay. So the Inland Empire is just all just like no trees and like broken asphalt and dreams and dirt roads. <laughs> and then if you go like twenty minutes to the to the to the west, just straight desert and mountains and meth. There's nothing out there. Yeah. When I was uh, I actually was living in LA for a couple months last summer, and um. I was like, I was in the Hawthorne area. I was like in Haw- I was between Hawthorne and Orange County. Like I was going. Yeah, back that's that's like the nicer side of of, of California. Yeah. <laughs> so on my on my way back, I spent like three days in Joshua Tree. Is that uh, a place? For sure. oh, yeah, yeah, Joshua Tree is definitely a place. Yeah, that's the that's desert. Not, desert. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was in a like Breaking Bad. Like, yeah, it was like yeah, the, yeah. Joshua yeah. Tree is the desert. <laughs> that's in the that middle desert. of nowhere. Yeah, I mean it, it's cool though. It's it's like the only place that doesn't have light pollution in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, yeah for real. dude, it was sick. I like walked outside with my coffee at like six a.m. and there's just this, like huge ass scorpion. We don't have that shit out here. Like we don't have those anywhere. We have the main desert, like a mile long. Yeah, <laughs> but like sick. yeah. Really got shit like that. So I was like, yeah, dude, we, we we got crazy shit down here in LA, man. Like, it, it's funny because you can go from like in in LA specifically, you can go from two hours in either direction. You can either hit the water, the mountains, and the snow, or the just the middle of the desert. You know, and yep. it's it's like it's insanity. And then also in the neighborhoods, like you'll be in like Beverly Hills one dude, minute, and then the next, it's the blocks. Next, you're getting stabbed, dude. It's, it's crazy. blocks. Like like yeah. you, you like even here, like we we're in Alhambra right now, but um, further further down the road, you like you can literally be in like the nicest part of like a really nice suburb, and then you go over a block, and it's like it's rough. Yeah, like it's super crazy. rough. We have we ha- we have like boroughs here, and like especially in like San Gabriel Valley where we're from. There's like specific boroughs where like you just you just can't go there. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I even remember like me and my homie driving through, like you said, Beverly Hills, and like you know we're driving through gated communities, and then I'd look at my phone for like thirty seconds, I'd look up, and I was like, where the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's accurate. That's LA in a nutshell, man. So, so that's actually a good a good segue into our last question. Well, second to last question. Um, what are some cities that you that you guys want to hit in twenty twenty two slash twenty three? Like w- whenever you guys can play shows again. Honestly, uh, leaving the west or the east coast would be just cool by itself. Obviously, I want to hit California. Um, we've never we haven't hit New York yet. Um, yeah, we were supposed to play a show in Brooklyn. That was supposedly going to be like pretty dangerous. That I got like, it, it felt. Brooklyn shows get rough. Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've, I've heard, heard stories and, and seen videos. Brooklyn shows get rough. Actually, the uh, we had the drummer for Body Snatcher on uh, Chris from Body Snatcher. He told us that like Brooklyn shows are the most violent shows of the of the entire tour. I saw Breakdown of Sanity the only time they came to the U.S. Dude, in New York, That's a great I drove band. five hours. That was the one of the craziest shows I've ever been to. That's Dude, so bad. Uh, 
I'm I'm yeah, I'm kind of surprised you know them. I only he's the only person I've ever met in my 22 years of life that's known who Breakdown Insanity is. They're so is. rad. <laughs> they're oh, so dope. Who they are? They're so good. Yeah, they're yeah, so dude. good. So underrated. I heard that there was a uh, one of my friend's dads went to uh, fuck Madball, but Madball <laughs> show um, in like this was like in the early 90s, and it was in Brooklyn, and. Um, as soon as Madball set started, this dude went up with like a giant bar and barred the doors shut. Oh my god! And everyone okay. was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and then like there were like knives in the pit. Like, yeah, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But um, I personally like for me, chain reaction. Like, I don't know what the deal is with chain right now, but that's they're like open. my they're open. I, well, because they were gonna shut down, but they had a, a a fundraiser where just like a bunch of bands from. Like the West Coast and like uh, Pacific Northwest just donated a bunch of money, and they had like they've been holding these like uh, biweekly night markets where they have like a bunch of vendors come up and they just like take a percentage of like you know like 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 you, you can like rent space from them and then you can have like a, they have like a night market out front and they've been staying afloat as of right now, but they they were they were gonna close down like super close to closing down like less than less than three months ago. Yeah, it was, but it was but, scary. but they're still open for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. Uh... Jesse from Stick to Your Guns was like doing some fundraising stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, that, that's like, the fundraiser I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it was them like rotting out, donated, and like Kublai Khan and like a, a, a all those of, other bands. A bunch of bands also did like collabs with them, so they would do like a band, like a you know chain uh, reaction Stick to your X. guns X, you know yeah. chain reaction chain reaction yeah, shirt. So sick. yeah, cha- chain yeah. is like my favorite venue here in SoCal. Like there's 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 no there's nothing else like a packed chain show. Like just magic. It's like it's one of those things in at least here in LA where like you can't really describe it. You kind of just have to experience it. Like, like you can watch as many videos as you want like on YouTube, but like unless you're in the room, there's nothing else that's like a chain reaction show cuz actually I was at I was at um one of Expire's last show here in LA. It was uh Knocked Loose Expire and then Six Your Guns was headlining. That was insanity, dude. That like it was sold out. Like doors were closed. You couldn't breathe. There was like 130 people packed into a room that was like built for 90 people. Yeah, yeah. we've seen like because we've all kind of come up watching those, you know, those videos like the 197 and 856. Yeah, and, like, 197. We've, we've, yeah, he's 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 he's, he's, he's a homie. I was at I was at that Kublai Khan show at the Palladium upstairs. The video goes around all the time right now. Oh, I was yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the Vanna Farewell show. I was there. I was upstairs in the back. It was fucking nuts. Dude, Vanna, yeah. Vanna's then, like, yeah. that's like my one regret in life is that I wasn't at that show. Because like Vanna's like my, Vanna's like my favorite. I have like, yeah, yeah, my Vanna shirt. I didn't even realize I had this on. Uh, uh, but like, they're like one of my favorite bands of all time. And I was, I was going to fly to Boston for that show. And I was just like, I had to work and I couldn't, but I was like, ah, my one regret in life is that I didn't go to that show. Because it was like, knock loose, 18 visions, like. Great American Ghost and like it was like it was ridiculous. The last, the other one was knocked loose, sold out downstairs at the Palladium. It was incredible. I saw it on Twitter. Up. Yeah, it was packed. It was crazy. There were multiple people that got knocked out. It was it was upstairs. Yeah, awesome, dude. Yeah. One, I think one of the most in show, like we talk like this is like the eighteenth millionth time we talked about the show on the podcast. We there was a show that we saw in. Uh, Orange County, there's a venue called the Observatory in in OC. I hate that place, but they have a a little like side room that's like it's about the size of Chain Reaction if there was no like wall, and it's, it's called the Constellation Room. And we saw, it was Fury. I think you. I think it was it was um, Locke, Fury, God's Hate, and Code Orange headlined that, and that was like 
that was the most violent show that we that we've ever been to. There were like half the room had ski masks on. They were selling Code ski Orange masks. Were selling ski masks. They were selling it ski masks. Yeah, so scary. And it's funny because like as soon as Code Orange went on, like the lights just went black, and there was just like this like this like red backlight on the stage, so the whole room just looked red. And then as soon as they like they started like the, like the weird like Cindy intro to Forever. Um, somebody was like throwing those giant trash cans like at people like into the pit and they were just like dumping trash on people and then like the show starts and I just see this dude like just in size just have a trash can and just start like bodying people in front of the stage with it it was insane so ridiculous yeah it was crazy like the the Dillinger Escape Plan played there too and that was another one that was like I think those two at the Constellation with Dillinger Escape Plan and Code Orange like those two are just like ridiculous ridiculous yeah. yeah one of the venues that we got Stand from in that's uh, like it was a bet center and um i think we we played like second to last i think yep. we co-headlined it and um it was like the bet center was owned by like the super old guy and there was like bingo happening in the room next to us but <laughs> that's amazing right before right before we played like while we were setting up the venue owner who had kind of been watching throughout the night came in and he took all of the trash cans and chairs out of the room. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Probably a good call. Keeping an eye on things we're going. And yeah, and then someone put a hole in the wall. They told us we can leave. Oh, that's crazy. That's, that, that sucks. So, so to kind of wrap up, we usually do this segment. We call it Bops of the Week, where it's basically like like things that we've been listening to, like, you know, bands we've had our eyes on, albums we've like, that have like piqued our interest and whatnot. So, what are some uh, what are some jams for you guys as of late? Yeah, what's in your rotation right now? I'm so all over the place. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, I haven't checked out much of the new Gojira album. I need to, but we all like Gojira a lot. Um, I'm honestly blanking because I jump around so much. I, I really like Northlane. I've been having Northlane on repeat since their newest song came out. It's so good. Um, actually, I like Starset's new song a lot too, and Burials. I've been just jamming Burials lately. Nice. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of this hardcore band called Greater Pain. Um, okay. Greater Pain is super sick, and then um, a band that I actually put the rest of Katahdin on is from California. It's a band called Mugshot. Oh, dude! I don't know if y'all yeah, know yeah, we, we know Mugshot. We've uh, I've actually played a couple of shows with them. Yeah, I know who they're. Yeah, they're sick. I I heard about them because the one of their features was like a homie of mine, Peter from Kanashi, mm. and um, I like just saw Peter post on the bottom and I found them. But yeah, Mugshot. Um, Kanashi's blowing up too down here. Like like all my homies in here in LA are like all on Kanashi. Yeah, they're so sick. And I, I would say my last one is I feel like in terms of like an album I have on repeat all the time is California Curse. Yeah, dude, that's, that's all the time. That's one of the best yeah. like uh, modern hardcore records that's been written. Hundred percent, in my opinion, it's so good. Yeah, dude. we we yeah. we had we had uh, um, we had Colin from Twitching Tongues and God's Hate on the podcast like a couple weeks ago and he was like dude they're like one of my favorite bands to see live because he's like I remember playing up in the bay and then watching them come to our shows and then we see them play the bay and like it just insanity it's like it's crazy it's so cool yeah. like I, I went I actually I went like, to Santa Cruz like a few months ago and I went to a record shop because I was going to buy him a vinyl copy of California Cursed 
and like the like they had an entire wall for drain and it was all just completely sold out. I grabbed one cassette tape because that's all they had left in Santa Cruz. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like Sammy, the vocalist, like if you look up Santa Cruz in the dictionary, like there's a picture of Sammy. And yeah, I, just his face smiling. Hundred percent. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I can. I can absolutely vouch for that. Well, right. thank you guys so much for coming on. Like, we really appreciate you yeah, like taking dude, time real. out of your day to talk to us. Like, this this is really cool, especially because like you know when especially like when we find new music like either on the algorithm or whatever, and then they just turn out to be really cool dudes who just are down to talk to our dumb asses for a little bit. So, thank you so much, first of all, for for taking the time yeah, to to. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime you guys want to, well, we'll have you guys back on. Let's let's. I'm just not even in the front. We'll definitely have you guys <laughs> back sure. on for sure. Yeah. Um, where can everybody find you guys? Yeah, plug away. Um, we're on all streaming services right now. No longer room for us came out about a week ago. Um, that's on everything, but Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Totten Hardcore, and we have a website, Totten.squarespace.com. Yep, you can find everything there. Totten Hardcore, Totten HD. Squarespace.com. I always forget the HD. You can find everything there, but yeah, no longer room for us came out like a week ago, so. Thank you guys for supporting stream, stream, it. Stream, yeah. stream. Dude, and thank you. And then uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Strawberry Death Machine, all one word. You can follow us on TikTok at SDM Podcast. Um, we have a YouTube channel where we do uh, reactions. Um, we actually did a reaction to the new uh, Katahdin um, EP in full, so check it out. Um, also, uh, you know, drop a comment for anything you want us to react to. Yeah. All right. On that note, we'll catch you guys next time. Deuces. Peace.